Okay, so today is the 7th of August 2022. I've been meaning to uh, complete my triad of the main experience. Talked about Salem. Now we're going to talk about uh, Acadia National Park, which pretty much is the main reason, in my mind, to go up to um, the Mount Desert Island Peninsula. Okay? talked about the, the, the breakup of it, so you basically have north to south, you've got Bar Harbor up top, you've got big middle aspect of this maybe 50 mile square, I could completely, about 50 mile diameter perhaps, peninsula, you've got Acadia National Park, and then at the very bottom, you've got what they call the quiet side of the peninsula, which is just a bunch of homes and lobster fucking pots and beautiful inlets and uh, harbors, rather. That's where people live. A lot of residential homes along the coast there, summer homes mostly, I imagine. So I'm not sure of the, you know, all the specifics, you know, how big, how many, how many miles, how many acres Acadia comprises, but it's it's a lot. It's pretty big, and it's basically all these little mountain ranges, uh, this mountain, these mountains and hills, all this terrain along the coast, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's some of the most beautiful nature that I've ever seen in my life, and I've been around and seek these sort of places out and um, continually on the prowl for stuff like this. I've been wanting to go to Maine and do that right for a long time, and I'd be damned if we didn't do it right. So there are uh, mountaintops in the vicinity. I think uh, Cadillac Mountain is 1,500 feet in height. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but as I've said, if you are right on the seaboard, Imagine looking 1,500. Imagine looking, um, you've got like a freaking crow's nest at 1,500 feet in elevation, and you're looking down at zero elevation. You're looking down at sea level. So the views are wonderful, and in many cases, 365. You're looking all around. You can see the most beautiful terrain and all these little waterways. that drain into the Atlantic Ocean. All these little gulfs and cragginess, craggy coastlines, flashing waves, uh, rock formations. It's absolutely stunning. So some of the places that we went in Acadia, you've got some very common uh, itinerary that people will subscribe to when they check out the coast of Maine and they visit Acadia and Cadillac Mountain is, is probably the biggest, literally and figuratively. It is uh, a mountain which has got a granite peak exposed that you can walk around on. Um, I mean, not standing on a, the apex of the thing, but you are you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's roundish, so you can explore all around this 
top of this mountain. There's pine trees and big boulders and stuff up there and all kinds of terrain as you see it unfold towards the, the Atlantic. You can see everything. It's a tremendous vantage point. So you have to get a pass in order to get up Cadillac Mountain. It's going to require a Two days prior to the your trip, you need to decide, you know, try to book your your pass so that you can get up there. Now a lot of people are trying to get up Cadillac Mountain for the sunrise views, which are, I'm told, extraordinary. Now we were unable to do that because it was a beautiful week and there's a lot of folks up there. So they were trying to get, they all stole those spots. So we just went at 11 a.m. And still, you walk around, take some photos, look at the beautiful uh, views of, of the Atlantic and all these other mountains in the vicinity. And it's fucking unbelievable, man. Got an awesome gift shop. Everybody's hiking around. It's accessible to all. And uh, it's cool. You just had to have reserve that spot so you have a window. You can go up there and hang out for however long you want. And it probably takes a half hour to do. Unless you want to just go up there and sit. You can do that probably all day if you want. It's a beautiful spot. Um, from Cadillac Mountain, we went to a place called Thunder Hole, which is basically a little cove where the Atlantic is going to come in, particularly at high, high tide, it's going to come into this cove and it's going to flush in with its waters and it's going to take that space that just has air in it and it's going to fill it with water and it's going to sound like the bottom of a, a boat as you're sitting there floating around, bobbing up and down, every once in a while you hear thunk, thunk as the bow stern rises and um, air underneath those areas gets pushed out by the water, rocking back and forth. That's kind of what it's like. The water comes in there and sprays up powerfully and makes this loud report. It kind of sounds like thunder, so I call it thunder hole for that reason. We were not able to visit that during high tide. It was low to lowish tide while we were there. Still, you get the idea. It was a beautiful little spot. Uh, from Thunder Hole, we go to Sand Beach, which was Sandy, one of the only places, sandy beaches that you're going to find in the area, and I guess that's a function of the you know, hydrodynamics, uh, waves uh, slowly but surely eroding the rock in the area, splish, splish splashing all around, water the universal solvent, it's going to break up these big pieces of rock into little pieces, they all get churned against the, uh, the shoreline there, and it deposits this sand in that spot. So you can walk, it's a pretty coarse sand as beaches go. You can walk along there and there's various detritus. You can do a little beach combing there. There was a lot of seaweed along the coast that was floating up and there were these little round pods that uh, I surmised uh, served the function of um, a buoyancy so that see we could get its sunlight carry out photosynthesis that's pretty stinking cool 
and I went swimming in there. Everybody was like, oh my God, it's too freaking cold. So no, I'll go in there. So I went in, I went in swimming down there at Sand Beach in the, I want to say it was probably in the 60s. Excuse me one moment. Okay, as I was saying, Acadia National Park is friggin' awesome. They have some standard attractions such as Cadillac Mountain and Thunder Hole and Sand Beach. And they've got a shore or a shore path or a beach walk where you can go. You just spend hours, if you like, walking along a very redundantly beautiful shoreline where you can go out there and climb on rocks and um, just watch the waves ebb and flow and the tide go in and out. Look at the seabirds. It's probably some of the most beautiful, it is the most beautiful coastline I've ever seen. In terms of rocks and water and little tide pools and stuff like that, it's really different in a way than most people, I think, you know, most people think of a beach as a sandy thing where you walk out and there's a million people out there, everybody's, you know, pitching their sunshade, you know, sipping on drinks, dipping their toes into the water, stuff like that. Which is a wonderful thing. I do love that. I do like to walk out into a sandy beach and you know, my feet on a, very comfortably on the cool ocean bottom and splash around. You could do that still at Acadia. You can go to sand beach, you know what I'm saying? So you could spend an entire week just seeing these attractions. You could probably spend a day just checking out those attractions. But after that, you will want to go to do some hikes. A couple different ways you can do that. You can hike or you can bike. You can uh, ride your horse. You're an equestrian-minded individual. Go take your horse over there. And there are carriage roads, which these are very well maintained and they are flat and they, they don't have a tremendous slopes to them. Although they do you know, make their way up to the top of mountains. Hence, if you're going to walk or bike, or even if you're, you know, had a scooter or something like that, a mobility device, you could traverse these roads, some better than others, but it's all just like a flat gravel road. Hard packed. And so they're pretty nice, but there's also endless miles of trails that are painstakingly maintained by workers, particularly in the summer months, where they go in there and they will actually create, if they, if they want to make it safer or cooler, they will create a winding trail with, with boulders, they'll dig and they'll move big rocks and they'll place them. So it's just a neat path, something that when, when there's a review, like they don't just say, okay, this is a cool path, and let's just let the world in and, you know, trod through this territory, you know, and then just because people, eventually, you're going to fuck the trail up, or the, the water, or the storms are going to 
wipe it out. Trees are going to fall down. Brambles are going to grow. So these, these uh, extremely well maintained hiking trails. So we did a couple, a couple trails. First one we did is called Beach Mountain, and this is recommended highly on Google. It's a as an hour long hike that um, rises to about 500 feet above sea level, I think. And at the top there is an observation tower that is actually for uh, sighting uh, if there were, God forbid, be any wildfires up there. It's a fire tower, so you can go and climb up to the lower decks of the fire tower and get up even a little bit higher and look out. and Just, you're looking at tremendous, from any of these vantage points, you're going to see awesome views, you know, of the, of the ocean, of these little sounds that come in. There's something called Soames Sound. And they're, they're freaking fantabulous. So Beach Mountain was great. We climbed up. It was myself, Andy, Lily, and Cousin Chris were the only ones of the seven of us that were game to do it. And that's fine. Teach their own. So we hiked to the top. Had a great friggin' time. Beautiful granite, you know, steps along the way. Uh, cracks in the, in the granite. And uh, blueberries growing along the trails. And it was very pleasant hike. You get to the top and you hang out, take a shitload of photos, and then you go back down. There was some thunder boomers coming in, and they made for an interesting, somewhat dramatic experience. We didn't want to be up there, get caught in the rain, you know, caught in a major storm or something. I feel like real ass because we kind of thunder our nose at the weather forecast. But it was easy enough to get down. It took another 20 or 30 minutes to get down. And we had a just a freaking great time. Awesome hike. We came down at such a high from doing that. And so that was wonderful. Then, uh, the next day or so later, we did a hike at Jordan Pond, which is awesome. It's like three and a half miles around this water source for the area. It's like the aquifer. So it's like you can't swim and it can't can't much in it, which is a bummer, but it's so scenic, so beautiful, and the rocky coast along that freshwater body, you walk around that, and they have an area where there's planks that you can uh, climb up on, and, and you walk for probably like a mile of the three, you're on these planks, which are probably six inch at least, maybe six or eight inch thick boards that they had sawn lengthwise, and you, they're flat, and there's well supported, probably a foot off the ground, so you're up at this height a little bit, just a foot off the ground, and then maybe it went through, these traversed a marshy area, so that they didn't tear the, the trails up and, and ruin the trail, I think that's what that's about, but it's a nice little addition to any, any kind of hike, when you get those, those planks that you can walk on, so that was absolutely beautiful, and then they have a place called the Jordan Pond House, which is a restaurant and gift shop. You can go in there. Their thing is popovers, which is like a hollow roll. And so they're tasty wasty. Some friggin' popovers. And we did sit in there one afternoon and have some great, had some great seafood chowder. The food was great. The popovers were awesome. They had nice desserts. 
wonderful gift shop, probably my favorite in the entire place. And you can kick back and relax, get a beverage after your uh, your exertion out there. Three and a half miles, you feel like, wow, this is awesome, right? So, the third day, third hike we went on, same crew, there's four of us, Mandy, myself, Chris, and, and Lil, we went on the, something called the Giant Slide, which was known to be kind of like, depending on who you talk to, it's easy-ish, but it's also pretty, there's some challenging sections of it. So this was pretty nuts. It was like a dried out uh, creek bed, uh, like a rock fall sort of thing, where, not rock fall, but some rocks that you had to scramble over, and there was even one, it was like a tunnel, you had to squeeze between this crevice, and it was really pretty neat, very unique, and it was maybe a half mile of the trail was like that, before that and after, it was just wooded, the pine needle floor, some rocks, very, very, some roots, very doable, very beautiful, but there was that cool rock scrambly part, and that's where we stumbled upon these national park workers presumably summer help maybe one or two of them year round can't believe there's too much traffic up there in the winter but they were there they had picks and freaking shovels and they were they were making a trail they were they were grooming that trail and I was like wow this is pretty special that there's people that go out and, and you know they're basically sitting on the top of these rocky um, escarpments and doing hardscaping work, you know, backbreaking sort of work. But pretty cool. And that guy pulled out a map and showed me where we need to go. There's a carriage road just up the way, he explained. And so that made us feel good because we kind of on a time crunch said it was going to take us maybe an hour. It took us three. Fine, get up that, uh, on top of that escarpment, up the, I guess, these sliding aspect of it, quote-unquote, the giant slide aspect, for its namesake, and then we found that carriage road, and then we just kind of walked down that, and that was a pleasant hike, very easy, as we went down and wound around, and it brought us back to the start of our, our hike. Those are the three hikes that we did there. I would love to do more, you know, I, there was some like, I don't know, seemingly dozens, maybe a dozen, maybe a solid dozen of peaks that you could, and, and hikes that you could go on, that require a good two, three hours, you know, so you're going to be out there exerting, you need to carry enough water, you need to pack some lunch, you need to study the maps a little bit, which we really had not done, I'm going to, um, felt a little bit irresponsible when we going through that giant slide, and I was like, okay, it's, it's only supposed to take us this long, and I didn't want to have too much of an adventure out there, get lost or something, or get low on water, because this was quite, quite challenging, but when that, that park worker pulled out a map and showed me, I took a picture of it, I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a map, it'd be great if I had this map, and you could study the terrain, and Know, get a sense of the scale and the uh, how challenging it might be. 
before you go out on it, you're more accurate to accurately determine who who might or might not want to come on the on the hike, depending upon you know the trail. And I'm a navigator, you know, like I I'm, st- I'm experienced in land navigation and hiking and all that stuff. I just figured since the Google reviews are saying that it was relatively easy, that we would knock it out and be no problem, you know, and kind of just the unknown was a pretty cool part of it, right? Next time I would get a map and I would study the map and uh, these various trail systems and just get out there moving around hiking. Probably do some biking as well on those carriage roads because they'll take you long and fast uh, along the landscape and again they're not like, you're, you're like on a, a road. I'm driving right now on a two-lane road I'm on Cowpath Road in Hatfield, Pennsylvania and It's not treacherous, you know what I mean? Like, of course it's not. Um, the carriage roads are about as wide as this two-lane road, but they're gravel, and they're going all over the place, and there's connections made, and so you can hike all and bike all the way through these areas and just have a freaking hell of a time, you know? Really cover a lot more ground, and then maybe hike from that point, you know, hike up a hill or something like that from the carriage road if you wanted to check that out. Then you can more more readily, you know, see things from a different standpoint. Similarly, we did a boat tour that was out of Northeast Harbor and it was awesome because you're looking at the stinking the terrain now from a maritime point of view. You know, you're staring, staring out at uh, these hills and these cliffs and these mansions and, you know, the, the countryside from the water. It's a, it's a really important thing to do. We chickened out on the whale watch, which is fine. But we were able to get this, this kind of harbor cruise in. Nature cruise, we saw some seals called Seal Island. Uh, Great and, and Little Cranberry Islands, Soames Sound, S-O-M-E-S, really cool, supposedly it's uh, very, very deep, and talking about that, the various inhabitants of the island and the indigenous and the wildlife that's out there, they gave us a laminated chart of all these different creatures we might see, and sure enough, we did run into a lot of them. That was pretty neat. I absolutely loved it, and I would uh, enjoy going back to Acadia National Park sometime in the in the near future. Who knows when that's going to be? As I've been saying, we're kind of we checked the box on an off the grid vacation that involved hiking and bugs and stuff like that. And now we, which is kind of a bummer because I'd like to go to maybe Utah next and do Zion as I always talk shit I want to do. Zion and there's a bunch of parks out that way. Would require, require hiking and some heat and elevation changes and beautiful landscapes and all that stuff, but you could also glamp it and stay at a nice resort or something. 
I think they want to do something tropical. So that's what we're going to do. That's fine. It'll provide a comparison. I'm very eager to hear, you know, how they enjoy. You know, we stayed on a place with 30, on 30 acres. We couldn't even see the next house. What is it like when, uh, what, how, what are they going to think when we got to fly there and gotta get on, navigate the airport and get to the resort and there's a million people also trying to get their fun in and all that stuff. You know me, I'm kind of a, I'm an extroverted introvert, so give me a place where I can really relax. I don't want to be, go to anywhere where there's going to be a million people there. And that's a challenge these days because there's a lot of people on this earth and not a lot of places that you can go to get away from them. But there's still some spots. So, we're on the hunt. So that's what I have to say about Acadia National Park. Yes, especially the first time you go, you got to check out the various um, tourist attractions, which are nothing more than you know, terrain features, uh, a beach, uh, Thunder Hole, some of the mountaintops, Cadillac Mountain, you got to get top of Cadillac Mountain, Cadillac Mountain, Cadillac It is that special, just because it's tall, it's big and tall, and you can see everything from it, so you really get an appreciation for for the scope of this, this, this land, and how beautiful and vast it is, and how unique it is. It's very wild. and they do a good job of taking care of shit up there. I've uh, spoken to several people about, you know, the cleanliness of the park. I didn't see a single plastic bottle laying around. I didn't see you know, anything, any debris. So you pack it in, you pack it out. It was, it was very clean. The facilities of the national parks were very good as well. So, all right, so the next podcast that I'm going to do is going to be on, it's going to be the final installment for the main trip, and so we're going to be talking then about Bar Harbor. Love and respect, everybody have a great week. Huh!